When you think of the colorful puffy stickers and unicorn trapper keepers of the 90s, what brand do you think of? That's right, it's Lisa Frank. And today on History's Horrible Bosses, we will dig into the dark side of this seemingly sparkly rainbow happy brand and lift the roof off the Lisa Frank factory to find out just how unrainbow-like the Lisa Frank workplace was. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Internal Customer Handbook, a work culture podcast for people who lead people. This unpublished book turned podcast is for people leaders who want to create 21st century work cultures that look nothing like, but this is how we've always done it. I am your host, Wendy Conrad, work culture strategist and founder of Your Happy Workplace. And if you are wondering if, why, and how ethical leadership and business can coexist, then you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Let's get into today's episode. Up until now for the History's Horrible Bosses bonus series, we have been exploring the bad employers of the Gilded Age, which was right around the turn of the 19th into 20th centuries. The robber barons, the Harry, For Harry, the Henry Fords, and Andrew Carnegie's of their time. Now we're going to fast forward a bit to a more recent time in history. And before we get into it, I want to note the main source for this episode is an article written for Jezebel in 2013. Lisa Frank, yes, she is an actual person and not just a brand. And no back to school shopping cart was complete without some Lisa Frank branded merch back in the late 80s and into the 90s. The reclusive Lisa Frank, creator of those colorful designs we saw on folders, stickers, trapper keepers, backpacks that were so popular back in the 80s and 90s, bringing in as much as $60 million a year during the brand's peak in the 1990s when Lisa Frank school supplies were a must-have and you could find them everywhere, when more recently, the business is bringing in just a few million a year with products being pretty hard to find. So let's talk a little about the person before we get into the dark side of this rainbow colored workplace. Lisa Frank was born in 1955 in Michigan. Her father worked in the auto industry and was a pretty wealthy dude. And her parents supported her creative side, both through her education and financially. Her first business was to, now get this people, buy pottery from some Native American artists in Arizona, which is where she went to college, and then bring them back to Michigan and sell them at a markup. That's, <laughs> Ooh, is all I can say about that. It's ooh. There's a lot to unpack there, but let's go on. So she eventually started designing her own stuff, 
and evolved into the whimsical brand that we know today. Lisa Frank Incorporated formed in 1979, and in that same year, she got her first $1 million order from Spencer Gifts. Remember the Spencer Gifts stores and the malls? I can see the lava lamps and the black light posters now, and that smell you get when you walk in a Spencer Gifts store, and they're still out there. Lisa Frank Incorporated's success skyrocketed in 1987 when the company began producing school supplies featuring original designs. More about Lisa Frank, the person. She's very reclusive, does not want to be photographed. There's only a couple of photographs to be found on the internet of her. In 2012, Urban Outfitters did an interview for a short-lived partnership that they had together, and she was filmed in silhouette at her request. And in some interviews, she has compared her level of fame to Michael Jackson, which is pretty presumptuous, if you ask me, and kind of, I guess, blames that fame on why, as being part of why she's so reclusive. So it's been said she was obsessed with her appearance, rumored to have some plastic surgeries, going on and really preoccupied with her weight. So let's talk about the physical workplace of Lisa Frank Incorporated. Their headquarters is in Tucson, Arizona. It's a 320,000 square foot facility. It's infamous locally for its decor featuring giant multicolored music notes and hearts and stars and oversized fiberglass character statues like the pandas and the unicorns. Everything you would imagine Lisa Frank to be, it's splashed all over their headquarters. During their peak, the number of employees was a few hundred and it's since dwindled down to just six, which is the most recent number I could find in my research. So what happened? What was going on inside the rainbow? So Lisa filed for divorce from her husband and former Lisa Frank CEO, James Green, and that divorce happened or the filing happened in 2005. And she had sued her ex-husband for mismanagement of corporate funds, among a bunch of other things that involved the kids and corporate finances and personal things. So this is when some of the workplace details came out, when over a dozen former Lisa Frank employees submitted affidavits describing what it was like to work there. Now, the word on the street in Tucson is that Lisa Frank is the world's, quote, shittiest employer. And Lisa Frank Incorporated had a really bad rep in town, with the company being described as the Ra Rainbow Gulag, which is part of the title of the Jezebel article that I found. And I have to admit, I had to Google the word Gulag. I mean, I kind of got a sense of what it was, but it basically means a labor camp with deadly working conditions. So let's talk about Lisa Frank leadership. James Green, her ex-husband. 
started as the company's first in-house illustrator and designer in 1982, a few years after the company was incorporated. And they started a romantic relationship about a year later, and that's when James Green started moving up the corporate ladder, being named president and CEO in 1992. They married in 1994, and Green continued to run the company until 2005 when Lisa Frank filed for divorce. So after having a couple of kids together, Frank eventually stopped coming into the office so she could stay at home. She wanted to be home to raise the boys and relinquished her day-to-day management responsibilities to Green. Now, during his run as CEO, here are some of the things that reportedly went on in the Lisa Frank Incorporated headquarters. Now, imagine all this stuff going on while there's like a big (laughs) rainbow panda in the background or whatever. That's what I imagine. Very surreal. So Green did not want to bother learning employees' names, so he just gave everybody nicknames, and many of those were like mean girl worthy and cruel. Allegedly, he was prone to fits of rage, had loud, profane, profanity-laden outbursts in which he would berate people in front of the rest of the team, including his then-wife, Frank. Several former employees witnessed him throwing chairs and other objects in the office. People who worked directly with Green could not wear high heels. (laughs) He said it was because they couldn't walk fast enough to keep up with him in the high heels. But former employees say it was because he didn't like working with women taller than him. He wasn't a, a, a really tall guy. On the short side, Mr. Green. Workers were reportedly not allowed to speak to each other. Phone calls were secretly recorded. And no visitors were allowed in their workplace. Once, Green told a manager to padlock the building doors because the day before, an employee had left work a few minutes early. So he told the manager, you lock those doors so that no one else could, quote, escape. Now that's got some shirtwaist, triangle shirtwaist fire vibes to it. And if you don't know what the triangle shirtwaist fire was, check out a previous History's Horrible Bosses. I will link that in the show notes so you can get up to speed. Back to Lisa Frank. Rumor had it that Green was an unfaithful monster who had a drug problem with cocaine. And he even had, allegedly, employees picking up his drugs for him. (laughs) You know, telling employees, hey, can you go down to the, here's here's a paper bag, go down to the local convenience store, don't look, you know, switch bags with this guy that you're going to meet there. Don't look in the bag and just bring it back to me. Textbook drug deal scenario. The company also allegedly often failed to give promised severance pay. They fought unemployment benefits. 
They had former employees who had to sue for their final paychecks or sales commissions. And these are things that are evidenced by public records from the numerous civil judgments entered against Lisa Frank Incorporated. They had a huge turnover rate with reports saying that one year, almost a third of the entire staff turned over. Some more former employee stories. One person says, I personally heard Lisa Frank scream at sales managers and threaten their lives if they fucked up a presentation. Okay, Lisa Frank, violent threats, that's not so much on brand. So the work environment was described as needlessly abusive. Um, people said it's the worst place they'd ever worked adding that that's kind of ironic giving that given that they have rainbows and unicorns all around i'm like imagining this visually you know people screaming and throwing chairs with this surreal huge unicorns everywhere it seems strange they should make it that movie now frank at least acknowledged as much because a few years after one of her former employees got fired from the company for talking on the phone with her dad and this employee later sued for wrongful termination, this person ran into Lisa Frank at a salon and she said, hey, Lisa, remember me? I used to work for you. And Lisa's like, oh yeah, didn't we fire you? And the woman's like, yeah. And Lisa's like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't really the greatest employer. <laughs> Sounds like a huge understatement to me. So after some bad press came out about the Lisa Frank work culture as a result of a few scathing articles in 2013, Jackie Gambrell, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who was Lisa Frank's executive assistant, responded by saying the articles were, quote, unkind and untrue. And when Gambrell was probed about what specifically was untrue, she answered, I'm not giving you an interview and said, you know, we're waiting for our PR people. We're getting PR people. And she just continued to not answer any of the questions and said, we're going to have PR people next week. And next week turned into a few months and it never happened. When asked what the root of the problem was at Lisa Frank Incorporated, Several former employees all had the same answer. CEO James Green, the ex-husband. Now, it was rumored that Green and the higher-ups were struggling with drug abuse for years, cocaine specifically, including Lisa Frank, which it said that kind of tapered off when she went home to be with the boys, and that Green was having an affair with his second-in-command. Ugh. You know, my dad always used to say, don't shit where you eat. And it's so true. Now, Lisa Frank Incorporated is still in business today. They're mostly doing licensing deals and not so much new, new designs. And their storefronts all closed many years ago. And you can't really find their stuff out there. Now her 22-year-old son, has a bigger role in the company, becoming the director of business development in 2021. Her other son, it seems, took his father's side, who, by the way, married the woman he was having the affair with, and started his own Christian-based brand. Now, these days, 
the scandal with Lisa Frank is idea stealing. Currently, Lisa Frank Incorporated is going after artists for just using rainbows and vice versa. Artists are claiming Lisa Frank is stealing design ideas from them. Whew, it's a lot. Lisa Frank, who knew? For more details, you can check out the Jezebel article, which I will link in the show notes. Never knew any of this about Lisa Frank until it came across my face in some research I was doing. So thanks for listening to this bonus series of history's horrible bosses. I hope I didn't ruin your childhood memories of Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers. Lisa Frank, The Dark Side of the Rainbow. If you haven't listened to the History's Horrible Bosses of the Past, go check those out. I'm your host, Wendy Conrad, for the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. Please subscribe and share with friends. Want to send an email for the mailbag segment? I'd love to answer your work culture questions or hear your bad boss or toxic workplace stories to be shared right here on the podcast. Email me at wendy at yourhappyworkplace.com. Want to support the podcast and my work? Contribute at throwconfettiatme.com. Yes, you heard that right. Throwconfettiatme.com. It's an actual website. My dog agrees. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.